0: Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Today's guest was a successful business manager as well as a new mother when she managed to contract flesh eating disease and all this changed her life forever. We're going to hear her story how she contracted flesh eating disease and how this has changed her life. That's today on Connections. Today, we're joined by Cindy Dejardins Wilkins. She is a quadruple amputee. Now, this happened after contracting flesh-eating disease. We're going to hear about that story and how that all happened. But first of all, Cindy, we want to learn more about you. Tell us about yourself and a little bit about your family.
1: I live in the Kawartha Lakes region in Ontario, and we live on several acres where we have two children, a 15-year-old daughter and a 9-year-old son. Um, we also have my elderly mom living with us, and we have a tree list, which is quite a scene when I walk with him. So we have quite an adventurous life.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned you have children, um, but after the birth of your son, something unbelievable happened to you. Uh, your son was about three months, and you managed to contract flesh-eating disease. Tell us about that.
1: My husband and I, when we first were married, we went through many trials, and um, We, at the time, did not, uh, we did not really have a lot of faith. Um, we walked through infertility and really, it it really brought me to my knees and I wasn't equipped to, to deal with it. And then we walked through several other challenges and were able to adopt our daughter at birth in Florida. And then after I had my son, who we had conceived by IVF in Argentina, we traveled the Western Hemisphere to build our family and, um, I uh, I had taken him to the hospital with what um he what he had the croup and then I came home and thought I had the flu. I was rushed to the hospital by emergency with what we thought was the flu impression and when I arrived they told my husband that I wouldn't make it through the night and they called all family and friends to come and say goodbye. Um I had contracted what as you said, flesh eating disease. And um, necrotizing fasciitis is invasive strep A. It had attacked my right leg and I had gone septic. So my kidneys, my liver, my heart, my lungs had all started to fail. And as they saw me lying in the hospital bed, the doctors would say that there was a high chance of brain damage and the chances of me recovering were little to none. So my husband really um, had to prepare to be a single dad again, um, but he didn't give up hope. And every time the doctors would say to him that I wouldn't make it, he was without question determined that that I wouldn't make it.
0: You were in a coma for six weeks. What happened from there?
1: Um, I fought for my life in a coma for close to six weeks um, and woke up after those Weeks to find my husband standing over me with the most incredible look of love in his eyes. And he told me that I had lost my hands and feet. In an effort to save my life, they had had to amputate both my hands and both my feet, which was a decision that he had to make. So my world crashed to the absolute bottom of a pit.
0: At that point, how did you manage to make it through all of this, Cindy? And what was on your mind when you woke up to find out that you had no hands and feet anymore?
1: When I first awoke from the coma, my first thoughts were of my children. Of course, how would I take care of them? How would I look after them? Um, I was connected to more machines and wires, and you can imagine I can't. I couldn't even sit up at the side of the bed yet. My muscles were in atrophy, and I cried out, "God, how could you let this happen to me?" how could you let this happen to me? I I thought, you know, I was a good person. I didn't deserve something like this. Why me? Which is the question we always ask when we're facing something inconceivable. Why me? Why? What did I do? And, you know, God really spoke so many different things into my heart at that point. And um, that was when I knew that it, if I was going to overcome this and if I was going to become a woman who could walk or swim or dance through life again without hands and feet, I would need him to carry me, so my faith in that moment became very, very real to me, like a bright light that was shining. And as I cried out and cried out, because my children were absolutely devastated, my five-year-old girl was afraid of me because you can't imagine what it'd be like as a five-year-old to look at your mother and see her with no hands and feet. And then I had a little tiny baby who was only months old, and I thought he would let me hold him. He couldn't. He wouldn't even come to me. So I cried loud and I, and I screamed in my head because I couldn't even turn my head and scream into the pillow. How could this happen? And when I realized that the only way I could get over it or through it was by the, the by my faith. And I realized that as sad as I was and as pain as I was, I was, I had a God who cried for me too. And he cried deep tears for me as well. And in that moment, I knew that he was the way out, and there was no other way.
0: What was your faith like leading up to all of this?
1: Both my husband and I had grown up in very different households. He had grown up in an atheist home, and um, I had grown up in a home where there was devotionals around the house, but um, neither one of us lived a life where we actually had said, okay, I'm going to follow God's will for my life. We always we always followed our own will for our lives and certainly believed in God, but certainly didn't say, okay, um, my life is is for Jesus now, and, and I'm going to live based on His Word. I used to sleep with the Bible under my pillow, but I never actually pulled it out and read it. I don't know what I thought. Maybe it would kind of delve into my brain or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but in this time of my coma, my husband came to know God and Came to have very strong faith. So I woke up to a different husband. And when I was in the coma, there was a point I knew I was asking God not not to take me now. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to leave, which meant so much more, so much, which meant very different words to him than they meant to me. And at that time, and so um, when I came out and recognized that it was him who would carry me, I also recognized that I'd never truly believed in him the way i was called to do and in that moment i knew that he was giving me a chance to shine his light into the lives of others and somehow this would ha- this is this is my purpose you know so many different pieces of scripture were were brought before me Psalm 139 you are wonderfully and fearfully made and, um psalm 56 you know the lord records our tears um or even um, Romans 8.28, that he can take all things and make them good for his people and those who love him. And this story is truly a reflection of that, all of that woven together.
0: Cindy, how has this changed your life?
1: I would awake from that coma and I would go through so many different procedures and so many different um, operations and leave the hospital in six months and learn how to live life without hands and feet. And I must say that learning to walk, I learned to walk in three weeks, but I will spend the rest of my life learning how to live in this world without hands. So oftentimes, I go to do something, and there is definitely prayer before I attempt it. I cannot do it without him. He has been holding the hand of a woman with no hand since the day I said, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm no longer mine, which took coming to the end of myself. And because I am no longer self-sufficient, because I know that he is always there, his faithfulness in my life is just absolutely astounding. He gives me the courage I need to do things like learn to walk again, chase my, chase my son until he let me catch him so I could change his diaper without hands, to learn to drive again, learn to swim again. And once I started to learn to swim again, I realized that I had spent the previous part of my life in the shallow end of faith. In the shallow end of faith, we're not worried about drowning. We're not worried about going under. We put our toes in and and we're very comfortable. But in this world, God hasn't called us to be comfortable. And when we take a dive into the deep end of faith, where we know that we can't touch bottom and we have to rely on Him in every moment, everything changes. Everything changes. Our perspective our clarity, our confidence, and most importantly, that courage that we need to take that dive into the deep end of faith. You see, I have all these lovely little beautiful awards that I've received for courage, but I don't think of myself as a courageous woman. I think of myself who has a heart that wants to be brave, but I need the courage of the Lord to overcome. And He is my courage. Just as so many of us, need that courage to just get through the average day. We need Him in every moment. And I have learned to rely on Him in every moment.
0: And now you're you're taking your own experience and your faith, and you are sharing this with others and, and changing lives. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: From the moment I came to realize I needed to allow God to carry me through, Jesus to carry me through, I also knew that there would be an opportunity to shine the light of Christ in the future. And so today, we um, I've written Shine On, which is uh, a true story of mine, and I really do hope that you're able to go out and get a copy of Shine On, which is available at any bookstore, any online bookstore. And, um, and Shine On really has so many elements to this story that I can't share in a brief time, but I hope that you can read it and you can say to yourself, if God can carry her through all that he carried her through, think about what he can do for me. also launched a mission that dedicated to shining the light of Christ into the lives of families in crisis, and it's called Shine on Missions. And we were able to fund the installation of several um, accessible toilets in a region in Nepal, which I traveled to recently, which took a big leap of faith, and... Um, and we also have been able to assist some families in crisis within our region as well within Canada. So that has been such a blessing to our hearts. We, as my, and when I say we, my husband is so fully involved in this ministry. We are also dedicated to shining the light of Christ as well as equipping others to shine the light of Christ. And if you go online and take a look at how does she do that? not life, I have weekly encouragement that helps you to continue to shine as well. Because life is a quadruple amputee, it's pretty difficult sometimes, and it does need a lot of faith, and it needs the Lord to carry me through. And I just love to share those moments with you. How does she brush her teeth? How does she How does she do all kinds of things that you can't imagine without hands and feet? And then I pray that everybody who is encountering any part of the story is so encouraged with their daily walk.
0: Encouragement right now is especially important. People can never compare to what you've been through right now with COVID-19 and, and the isolation and this this dark time that people are going through right now. This kind of encouragement is is extremely important.
1: We are, I call COVID-19 COVID space in between. You see, the space in between is something we enter when we face an inconceivable trial or time in our life. And let's face it, a pandemic across the world, that was inconceivable before. And now we're facing it. And in the space in between, the enemy wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. And he really, really wants to take our hope. In the space in between, there is a chance for us to lose hope. But in the space in between, there's also the chance for us to grasp to all the hope and promises that lay in the bestseller of ever in the Word, in God's Word, and all His promises. And when we take our hands and reach out and hold those promises in our hands and in our heart, we know that that hope cannot be stolen. It cannot be taken from us. You know, God promises that one day we will all have eternity with Him, and I have this incredible vision of one day where I will walk again with feet walking on grass in this beautiful field of flowers, and the flowers, they just brush along the inside of my arm and touch off the tips of my fingers, and the sun is shining, and my hair is just glowing in the wind, and I am in the presence of the Lord, and I can't imagine Being anywhere, my heart is not more full and more soaring. Only he could let a woman without hands and feet be able to say to you that with no hands and feet, scars all over my body, I can say to you, I've never been more whole or more blessed. We have the chance in the space in between to feel all of that when we just grasp on to his hope.
0: How can people find out more information about you and your book?
1: You can find more information about Shine On by logging on to shineonmissions.com or how do do life.